can't really sing. <laughs> You're listening to the SBNY Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. The Sports Blog New York Podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, and of course, sportsblognewyork.com. Follow us on Twitter at SportBlogNYC for updates and cool tweets about articles, all the content that we're putting out, as well as some fun, interesting questions uh, about sports and everything we love to talk about. And that's what we love to come on this podcast and chat with all you listeners who come in every week. We appreciate every single one of you, no matter how many there may be. Um, Please let us know how you feel. Give a little rating, a little review. It takes about 30 seconds. Click a few stars. Drop a few thoughts down with some words. Tell us what you think. Uh, we're, we're happy to be here. We're happy to give you the content. We're happy that you come out and listen every day. So thank you for tuning in. This is the SBNY Podcast. Let me bring in my guest for the night. We're going to be talking football. Week 6 is over, almost, Monday night game, as well as Yankees postseason baseball. Alec Argento in the house tonight. What's up, man? So, dude? You excited today? Like, uh, I know the Yankees off 0-2 start. They kind of got to be upsetting, but I know you're a a pretty reasonable Yankee fan, so you're going to try to find the, the positives and whatnot. But how are you feeling right now being down 0-2? Well, I, I've like resigned to the fact that they'll probably probably lose this series, and I'm fine with that. Um, you know, I would have been upset if they lost the wild card game for sure, but right. it would have been a fail of the season. You lose the ALDS, it would have been upset still, not as much. But the ALCS, the Astros are a better team at the end of the day, so it's fine. But... They should have won that Verlander game. Right. And even though Verlander put up one of the best performances in the postseason you'll ever see from a pitcher, they still should have won that game. And I was talking to you before the, the we started recording. Um, when two teams are like playing evenly, there's going to be a point where the deciding factor is luck. And it's what's happening right now. The Astros are getting... They're two one-run games, you know? Jose Altuve should have been t- taken out at the plate. He was out by a mile if Gary Sanchez takes that play. If that home run doesn't get robbed by uh, by Josh Reddick or that fan interference, however you, you take it. Um, but at the end of the day, outside of those first two starters, the next Charlie, I'm not afraid of Charlie Morton, Brad Peacock, or um, or uh, Lance McCullers Jr. after that injury. So you got you to like your chances going, winning your home games and then taking it back there. And if you, if you had, if you kept it close the first two games against Keuchel and and uh, and Verlander, you got to be like hyped. Go back there if you can right. pull off. And to kind of just go more off what you said, because you told me this before the podcast, and you didn't really make it super clear here. You're upset game to game, right? So when the Yankees lose the game, you're upset. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, wanna win, right? But when you sit back and look at the big the big picture, you can kind of pick and choose what's the positives and what's the negatives. Separate them and be happy for what. The whole season's worth overall, right. which is which is really positive, right? There's a lot of good stuff uh, to to look into, but there's still more games to be played in this series. And we always joke around and say there's a series isn't a series until someone loses at home, mm-hmm. right? So the Yankees are going home now. You're going to the game tonight, actually, uh, so you can talk about how excited you are with that later. But we're going to talk more about the Yankees. We want to get to football first. So right now, to leave you off on the Yankees, a little tease action. Um, we got some stuff to talk about with the rest of the series and what the Yankees can possibly do to make it interesting to salvage it just a little more. Because, you know, getting swept versus going six games in a series, it means something for pride and for moving forward to the next season. We're going to get into that stuff later, though. So we got to talk about the NFL week. It was quite an interesting one. Um, and I think the first thing we got to talk about is the New York Jets, right? So they lost to the Patriots, but they came out firing. They had a lead. They couldn't score in the second half. The Patriots figured it out and shut them up. But the Jets are really competing. Like, it's not even just a joke anymore. And it's not even them just beating bad teams. They compete, 
and they can move the damn football. Like, what, what, what do you think when you watch Josh McCown out there and him actually moving the football and making plays? Isn't it nuts? I, I, it's nuts, definitely. But I think the biggest takeaway from this week was that the Patriots aren't that good. Like, legit, not that good at all. Hashtag not good. Um, they should have lost uh, that game if it wasn't for that ridiculous call. That fumble turned touchback, which was there was no fumble on that whatsoever. Um, that Patriots defense is actually bad. Like, not average or below average. That's a bad defense. And they got away with it against Jameis. Um, they're just not that good of a team. Like, they're not a Super Bowl contender. Uh, and I just I can't believe if it wasn't for that most, one of the most ridiculous calls I've ever seen in my life, they should have won that game. But it's not because the Jets are good. It's just because like the NFL is not good at all this year. Right, and that's going to be a trend of what we get into over the next uh, 30, 40 minutes or so. The teams in the NFL that are actually good versus the teams that are kind of good versus the teams that are just average but win some games is not far, right? So let's think about the teams that we can say are top in the NFL, if you want to do like power rankings, right? You throw out the Chiefs, you throw out the Eagles, maybe throw in the Pats and the Steelers and the Seahawks and the Rams. Almost even. the Packers, if it wasn't for today. How right. about that? I mean, how sad is that, by the way? Just like, even if you don't like the Packers or Aaron Rodgers, losing that man, that dude of all people, is just a brutal you, blow you think, to the NFL. You think people don't like Aaron Rodgers, though? I, I, I don't understand I mean, you're not liking the Pack. I'm just saying, yeah, some people don't like the Pack and they let it carry over to Aaron Rodgers. Some people will you know, appreciate his greatness but not root for him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, in general, no matter where you come from or who you root for, it's sad to see Aaron Rodgers go down for the year, possibly. Well, especially, they were like my, and, and mine as well as a lot of other people, like, that was my Super Bowl team this year. Like, they, they, they were playing great. I mean, you lose him, I don't even know who their backup is. Who's, who's their backup? Brent Hudley. Ew. <laughs> I mean, you know Ew. what? He did a few things. So he threw some interceptions, but he, he did a few things that looked nice. You think maybe with him getting now first first team reps all week, he can show up a little bit. And the Packers should still be like a 500 team now moving out. But that's not Aaron Rodgers. It's so no. sad. It's just so sad to see. Uh, so the Packers kind of drop out of contention. So before we move on to some other teams I want to talk about and see if, where they rank in the good versus kind of good versus pretending to be good, I want to go back to the Jets. So you kind of feel like the Jets are still the Jets. The Patriots actually not very good. And... The Jets competing is kind of still fugazi. Are you? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. So you're. So I mean, I agree with you. The Patriots' defense is not good. There's no way to put it. They looked better at points today. They created a little turnover. Malcolm Butler looked like Malcolm Butler. Matt Patricia's but, on hot seat, by the way. Oh I, man, I, for real? Yeah, I think so. Without a doubt. I mean, Bill Check is the type of guy who, if you're not getting the job done, see you later. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and if Patricia's not doing the job, yeah. All right, nice knowing you, but. I think he'll turn it around. I, you just said that the Patriots aren't a Super Bowl contender. I just can't say that out loud. Like, no, I, I will I, never I, say that out loud. I, I've been making the joke like when we were watching the the, the Tampa Bay game. Like, are the, like the Patriots good or not? That uh, are they not good or are they bad? Uh, like, they, they're they're not good regardless. Uh, and there's no way that they could possibly be. They're not. They're not running away with the division when the Dolphins are horrible. The Dolphins somehow pull a win against the Falcons this week with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is. Horrible. He's so bad this year. Josh, think of the quarterbacks in that division and how they're not running away with it. Josh McCown, Jay Cutler, who's on the Bills right now? Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's. A, he's not good. He's average, probably. I'll give you average. Yeah. I'll give you average. Uh, and you can't run away with that division? Maybe, and it's not really even like Brady. Wait, wait, wait. Can I stop you for a second? I think, I think you're kind of contradicting yourself by accident here. So you're saying that the Patriots aren't that good. 
But you're also saying that the good teams in the NFL aren't that good, right? So put those two things together. Patriots are still going to be a playoff team. When you come to the playoffs, you're not going to put them in Super Bowl contention? No, like, come on. I can't do you Defense wins championships. You, you, that, that defense will get exposed. And they're, they're getting exposed, and they got exposed last year in the playoffs. Who, who's the biggest contender to them in the AFC right now? The Chiefs. And how do they fare against the Chiefs this year? I mean, they lost in pretty, week one. Pretty handily. If you put the Chiefs up against the Patriots again, I'm not confident saying the Chiefs are going to win. I'm not very confident about that. I mean, the, the Chiefs would be favorite. If the Chiefs are at home, it'd probably be a five-point favorite, which is pretty big. If it's in New England, maybe it'll be a pick Like, that's still a close game. I don't think anyone comes out of the AFC wins wins the Super Bowl. I, I, that's another thing. Like, you know, it's yeah, but of, who's good in the NFC? What teams do you like in the NFC? Well, I, I think we were talking about it before. I think the Seahawks can make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. They 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 they're a playoff team. You know, you get them there and they, they do well. Um, the Falcons. It's hard to say that into tonight, <laughs> right? Real. I mean, and the, and think about the Falcons as a, as a year wide case study here. They just beat the Lions due to a, a goal line call at the end of a game. They hardly beat the Bears in opening week. They aren't anything special either. You know who I think two two teams that I think could shake up the playoffs. I don't now. I don't think this first team is going to win anything, but I think they can. They could get past the first round and upset someone. Okay, the Redskins. Yes, I think, absolutely. I think the Redskins can upset someone like the Falcons or the or the or the the, the Seahawks. This and is I, this is kind of my point here, and I think we're we're both circling around the point. It's that. The difference between number one and say number twelve in the league is pretty slim. Like we know who's bad. We're watching right? bad football this year. We know who's bad. Can we can we say that we can say the Browns are bad? We can say the Niners are bad. We can say the Giants are out of this thing. I don't. But I don't think the Giants are bad. I don't. I, that's why I didn't say yeah. they're bad. But they're out of this thing. Yeah. They're not a playoff team. Fair, but they'll, they're, they'll they're, play spoiler. They're gonna the give. The they're gonna give people fits just like they did with the Broncos on Sunday night. I mean, they're gonna give people fits for the rest of the year, at, at least here and there. They're mm-hmm. not gonna win maybe many games, but that doesn't even matter. They're out. The Raiders with Derek Carr's health are iffy. They just lost to the Chargers today anyway. Chargers are basically out because they started 0-4. I mean, we know who's bad, right? And then You got you the, might see a first, the first time where two teams who are 9-7 might make the playoffs. Maybe more than that. Think about think? the Rams wow. and the Jaguars. They played today, right? Three weeks ago, we were like, oh, the Rams are surprising people, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Three weeks ago, we were like, the Jags are bad. And then the Jags show up and shut down Pittsburgh. They lost by 10 to the Rams, but they, they played okay. Rams, I think... Fournette's was, good. I, Their defense is good. I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I know you're de- most people are going to def- definitely disagree with me on this one. I think the Rams are the, the most terrifying team in the NFC. But what sucks is that they have no home field. They don't have much home field. And you saw when the Seahawks and Rams match up head-to-head, it's a tight game no matter what. Yeah. Seahawks came out well, with That's an original game no matter what. You exactly. Know? But if you think about straight talent and straight ability... The Rams are right there in the NFC with just about anybody right now. Todd Gurley is a beast, and Jared Goff gets the job done. Um, I, I think you're underselling Jared Goff's performance. Game. Just getting the job done. Jared Goff's been great this year. He's been good. He really took a good step forward. You I don't think he, he hasn't been great. You know who's not I know good? who you're going to say. Take Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's been putting up numbers since you put him on, on notice by uh, that guy. How's the team doing? They, they, they had a buy this week. A very convenient buy <laughs> when Ezekiel Elliott's uh, yeah. announcement comes out that his suspension is upheld. Is that, 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 can't, that can't attack his, uh, his, his suspension, right? Like that, that, The buy week is not included in that suspension. Right? No. It's not a week, it's a game, right? he has the week now to appeal again and put this to the next level of the court systems. It, you know, it, it's such a touchy subject because, like, you know, it's it, you don't really know the legality of it. And, and we don't know a, what happened yeah, either. Yeah, and it's, right? such, it's such a, like, it's a really touchy thing to talk about, but... 
seems like he's a bad dude. Like, it just seems like he's a bad dude. Uh, and I don't know. I just don't think the Cowboys are a good team. Their defense is bad. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not very good. I think the Redskins are better than them. Like, they're a step ahead of them. I think the Giants are still better than them. Right? Oh, not, not record-wise. Not record-wise. Uh, I mean, obviously. Well, they, they could end up with a better record than them this year. Without a doubt. Especially if Zeke ends up getting suspended for six games. Because then what does that team turn into? Right. What does that offense start to look like? What right. What is the Dallas Cowboys' biggest strength? Bat, winning field position battle, right? right. What they Time do possession. is when they get a drive early, they may not score, but they're going to get a couple first downs, and they're going to pin you. And once you're pinned, if you don't get a first down, their field position is great. And literally entire halves. I was thinking about this today, something I wanted to bring up, so good segue here. Um, this, this year's NFL, the battle of field position has been more important than I think I've ever noticed personally. Like it might have been always this important, but I'm noticing it so much more now, and it kind of connects to a theory I'm working on that I don't have completely figured out yet. But average quarterbacks are getting jobs done and winning games because they're not making mistakes and they're winning field position battles. Like exactly why you hate Dak Prescott is exactly why he's been finding success in this league is because he does the little things, he does enough big things, and he doesn't mess up. And the team is in position to win by the end of the game because they just keep winning the field uh, field position battle. That's why the Giants got to such a bad start. But, but they it, were horrible field position. Is it field position or time of possession? I think it's a little bit of both. Because they, they, they're, they're, they're connected. But. Yeah, they're both connected. They're both intertwined. But I think time of possession is what's important. And, the, they, and I, they, they were killing that early in the year when they won a few games. Mm-hmm. And even the games they lost, they lost a tight game. Um, they lost a tight game to the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, which was crazy. They lost another um, tight game. I forget to who off the top of my head. But they even they He's dominated they they dominated possession in those games as well, you know. So it's interesting though. We're talking about the Vikings at four and two. We're talking about um, Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith being some of the more competent quarterbacks in the league. You know, Blake Bortles and Deshaun Watson are five hundred quarterbacks right now. These are not great quarterbacks, and they're getting the job done because of decent defense, decent run game, and playing the game consistently. You know, I, I just on a side note, I saw something today on Twitter. Um, arguably the best quarterback, wide receiver, defensive end, running back, and one other position are out this season. Think of how that much how how important that affects the standings this year. You have no Duke Johnson, you have no JJ Watt, you have no Odell Beckham, you have no Aaron Rodgers for the rest. Wait, how did of you season. throw Duke Johnson in there? I'm sorry, not Duke, David Johnson. No, I was gonna say Duke Johnson on the Browns. I mean, he's a nice little player, but he ain't. He ain't swinging nothing. David Johnson. You, you want to keep attacking me for my, my messed up? Or? Yeah, I do. Nice. Duke, Duke Johnson's nice average as heck. Nice. He's only good in point per reception <laughs> leagues. That's not even real football. But da- but, da- <laughs> but David Johnson, though, in all seriousness, uh, that's good. That's, we're not watching good football because we're not having good football. See, I, I, I'm tending to kind of disagree with you on this note. I don't think the Cardinals look – I don't think the Cardinals would be that different record-wise – with David Johnson. Well, AP's back, apparently. AP apparently is back, and he's <laughs> shutting me up because I was crapping on a- AP a lot um, this year. But the Cardinals right now are 500, right? If they had David Johnson, i say they're 500 or one game better, maybe. Like, I don't think that is a huge swing for them. They're not that good. Nah, but it they're opens, not that good a team. No, I, I agree with you, but it opens up the passing lane so much more if you can run. Always. You're right. So, uh, it, it, just no matter what, if you can have a running back that can impact the game that much, it's going to affect the standings. Yeah, and back to this field position thing. This is a sports blog New York podcast. We got New York guys who watch the Giants, who watch the Jets. Giant fans, I'm sure, listening to this podcast. Think about the first couple weeks of their their losses. 
they were backed into the corner every drive. Eli Manning was starting at the 10, couldn't get a first down, punting from the end zone. Eli Manning pinned back into, into the end zone, no first down. And it just happened over and over and over again. And you could literally lose halves of football games from the first possession getting back into a corner. Well, you know why the Giants are losing? They're playing the same ball that they played last year for the most part. Last year, the one the big difference between this year and last year is, and it is a little bit different today, but they're not getting the turnovers. They're not, you know, Dominic Rogers Camardi was forcing a lot of turnovers last year. So was Landon Collins. Landon and until, Collins, until right. last night against right. the Broncos, so, he so, wasn't so that, playmaking. So that affects field position. Yeah. Giants were always going three and out. What they would do is get the ball in the 40, go up six yards on the, on the turnover, after the turnover, and kick a field goal. These are all, for the most part, have all been one-possession games. Uh, except, I think every game except for the, the, the Cowboys game, if I'm not mistaken, mm. have all been one-possession games. You're not getting the field position. They, they weren't good at driving down the field last year, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest factor, I think, this year. Well, I want to bring up another NFC team. I actually have two in mind that I want to talk about next that I think are... Actually, one's AFC, but I'll stick in the NFC for a second. Uh, a team that can be back into the Super Bowl consideration team that lost this week to the Eagles on Thursday night, but a team that has a good defense, even though Kukli's back in concussion. Kukli? Luke Kukli? Why It's not his name. Luke Kukli? Kukli. Kukli? Come on, man. Hey, it's not Kukli? No. It's Kukli? Can we confirm that? Yeah, it's Kukli. We got a quiet... You weirdo. You weirdo. <laughs> Luke Kukli? You made a weird pronunciation before, too. And I Maybe it's because I always say Kuk Lukli. <laughs> you made another weird one before, and I let it go, but now I can't do it in one podcast. <laughs> I don't know what the other one was, but whatever. The team I'm talking about here is the Carolina Panthers. They're four and two. They've looked great, and they've looked not great in two in one loss. I mean, the loss against the Eagles, I think, was just a tough, tough, good game. Uh, the Panthers are a team now that is burst right back into Super Bowl contention because competing at the top of the NFC are the Eagles, Redskins, the NFC North now, which doesn't have a quarterback outside of Matt Stafford, who is 500, and then the shit show of the NFC West, which is the Rams, Seahawks of who's actually good and who's actually average. The Carolina Panthers might be the best team in the NFC, even though they just lost to the Eagles. The, the, the Panthers, are, obviously it always goes as far as, like, your quarterback's going to take you as far as you can go. But the Panthers are pretty unique in the fact that Cam is so hot or cold. Mm-hmm. And, he, like, when he's hot, he wins. When he's, when he's not, he loses. And you'll never know which Cam you're getting that game. Uh, and that's as far as he'll go. So if he, if he, if he hits hot at the right time and plays well, they're going to win. They're never, they're never going to steal a win. They don't do that. That's not the team that they are. So uh, unless they can somehow keep him in some kind of you know uh, consistency, they won't go in. What I need to see out of Cam Newton. So I'm not prepared to say that they're a good team yet. I think, I think looking at the NFC, relatively, they're good. I think that's fair to say. Overall and fair. just football team, that's what we're saying this entire podcast. Who are the good teams? Right. Who are they? They don't exist. You know what's kind of weird? Like they're all fraudulent. You know how like in the, in the first month or so of football, you um, you don't you're not seeing quality football yet, just because everyone's starting to get back right. into it, and especially I, the new CBA stuff right. everyone talks about all the time. And I think everyone's kind of seeing an extended version of that mm. this year. So you know, teams aren't the teams yet. Mm. Um, and I think it's for whatever reason, it's just carrying over an extra couple weeks, and eventually people are going to hit their stride. Right. So it's not. I don't think it's going to be. It's 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 a fool's errand to try to. So, yeah, this is week six. By week 12, are we sitting here saying, okay, the Patriots are actually good. They figured it out on defense. No, Patriots are we, <laughs> I mean, I know you're saying that. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking in hypotheticals here. Uh, by week 12, are we going to be able to say, okay, the Steelers are a top team in the AFC for sure? Or in six weeks, are we going to say, 
damn, the Steelers have some drama that they can't figure out, and everyone keeps fighting with each other. I actually think – I know you're just using that as an arbitrary team. Yeah. This is the year that that quarterback draft class dies. Between Phil Rivers, Eli Manning, and, and Ben. Which yeah. Is, you know, that's like the, the, the mellow Dwayne Wade, LeBron draft right. class. This is officially, I think, the death of that, that draft class. You know, everyone's going to be scrambling to find that next replacement this year. And it's a quarterback-heavy draft, obviously. But the Steelers aren't going to be in position to get one of those quarterbacks unless they trade. No way. Giants very well could be. Yes. Um, and the, the Chargers very well could be. The Chargers now won two in a row. Yeah. Just beat the Raiders. And they've been in every single game mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Just like last year. It's so funny. The Chargers. Every game of Phil Rivers' career. <laughs> I remember doing the o- we're doing over-unders in the NFL podcast um, earlier in the year before the start year started. And it was me and Mike Palmisano and Phil DeMeo. And I think maybe Joe Staubach was with us as well. And we're talking about the Chargers. Maybe their over-under was seven. I don't even remember. I have to go back and look. Still and we're all saying so many close losses last year. I think they have to get the ball falling in their direction this time. Like, they have to. And then 0-4 with the one possession losses up the wazoo. Like, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Same thing. But now they've won two close games in a row. Shouldn't have beat the Giants so the Giants blew it. They beat the Raiders by a point. I wouldn't say the Giants blew it. The Giants had one of the most historic, and I didn't get to talk about it on the pod, so I just want to just address that real quick. I've never seen anything like that, where four of our four wide receivers go out in one game, three of them for their seat for the season. That's unreal. Right. That the Giants don't lose that game if it wasn't for that. As soon as that, that happened, that's correct. But even after that happened, like that fumble was the end of it. That was the game ending right there. That fumble. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But it's 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 it was a completely different game and different tone of the game. Once you lose, what they can do on offense, what they would try, even try. Mm-hmm. You're right. You, you they weren't throwing. They, Everything was lining up a wideout. He was lining up a wideout. More of that on its way. I mean, I said this before the season started. When we drafted Engram, I said to people, he's going to be lining up all over the field. People thought I was crazy. Oh, he's a tight end. He's only going to be a slot. I think you are crazy. If, if it didn't happen for those injuries, he wouldn't be doing that. He'd, he'd be making his way to wide out sooner he's, or later he's anyway. Not, he's, he's, he's especially in the red zone. No, he's at a disadvantage on wide out if he's facing a cornerback. Cornerback is going to guard him every time. He, he's got a huge size advantage on corners. Yeah, but he, he doesn't... He's have, literally the size of Brandon Marshall. He's like. not good in traffic, and he can't fight for a ball. It's just not who he is. That's never who he's been. He's good at mismatches. never who he's been. I mean, he's a rookie. He played six games. You're acting like you watch every game he played oh, in college. I, I, I watch the highlights. I mean, as most NFL fans are. But he, if you if you look at past the, you know, where he always... It's like when, when we watch, like, Frank Nielakina highlights. He's never missing one. You, when you look at the stuff where he actually misses, and you can kind of analyze a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, game highlights, not just Yeah, exactly. You can see who Evan Ingram is. tapes. And Evan Ingram, when he's lined up in, 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 as a tight end, and he, he linebackers can't defend him. That's just how it works. But a cornerback can. A mm-hmm. cornerback can definitely defend him. Well, we're going to be seeing him a wide out a little uh-huh. more anyway. Tavares King, Roger Lewis, shout out to those guys trying their best. Um, Roger Lewis is going to be don't, – don't sleep on Roger Lewis. I liked him last year. Stay woke alert I on liked, Roger Lewis. I, I liked him last year. and if, if it, I, that's, That was another reason I didn't like the Brandon Marshall signing was because I thought Roger Lewis he, – yeah, he has some dropsies. He's, he's definitely got some dropsies. Who, who don't got some dropsies on the Giants? Yeah, I mean that's always how it's been. Yeah. <clears throat> but he, he's, he's a fast receiver. He's a real fast receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and he creates a lot of separation for himself. So it's a matter of whether he can keep – you know, corral the ball or not. Absolutely. I mean the Giants um, – will be a team to keep an eye on for the rest of the year just because it's very curious where they're going to go from here. Are they going to actually just start losing all the games or are they going to, like they did against the Broncos, really compete and show up? Yeah, it, It's going to be interesting to see. It's not in their DNA. And I, I know I hate this. I hate to be that guy where it's like, you know, they could be they could be uh, 
five and one right now. You right. Know? I hate to be that yeah, guy. But, but, the, but that's just the team. Not that, even to be that guy, but just to say actually what might happen from this point, they can still win games as they showed on Sunday Night Football. Because they're not relying on their – yeah, they had the, the, the toys. Like they had the toys last year. Yeah. But it wasn't their offense that won them last year. It was know? honestly – <laughs> their offense held them back. And I think the opposite. Ben McAdoo relinquished play calling duties for himself. That's huge because Ben McAdoo, when he was an offensive coordinator compared to Ben McAdoo as a head coach, when he's calling plays, is so uncreative at all. I, how many times have we sat there and called, okay, third and long, he's going to do a draw play? Yeah. Like a million times. And that, that's going to kill a draw. It's really true. Sorry. Right. Well, sorry, let's keep it No, it's fine. It's fine. It was good stuff. And you're right. It, just, it actually comes to the point, I was thinking about this today as well. With the Giants as an example, there's a few things that I feel like we say and New York Sports Talk says and even national people talking about the, the, the Giants. We say it so often and over and over and over again. The O-line is so bad. The play calling is pathetic sometimes that I, I'm like immune to it. I'm like, right. I just shut it off. You're it's like I don't even need to say it. It should just be understood by right. all the people who ever watched one down of football. Mm-hmm. Like that the Giants have a bad O-line and that um, – What's it called? What was the other thing we just said? Um, bad play calling. Oh, right. And, the, and they call a draw Be on, better. on third and ten or throw the ball two yards on third and five. That's what they'll do. And I don't even think about it because it's just so natural <laughs> at this point. But let's move on. i got two more quick things to talk about sure. with football, and we'll get to the Yankees. This is Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Pete Kennedy. Alec Argento here with me. What's up? And we're talking sports, man. That's what we do. True. Yeah. True, true, true. That's what we're doing right now. Sports guys. Yeah. Talking about sports. Um, shout out to sportsblogger.com and shout out to the NBA Outsiders. Alec and I are not going to be talking basketball. Maybe we'll throw in a, a quick 30 seconds at the end just to just highlight the Knicks starting the season this week. But the NBA Outsiders is a podcast done via Sportsblog New York. It's on the same feed as this podcast. So let us know what you think of that via at sportsblogmyc or at NBA underscore Outsiders. Uh, or best way, actually, via the podcast app or iTunes where the little review Shout out to the NBA Outsiders. Shout out to the SBNY Podcast. We love to hear the feedback, and we really want to know if you like this NBA Outsider stuff. It's living on this feed for now. Hopefully after some feedback and some more time, it'll have its own feed. A lot of fun. Previews coming this season. I mean, this week as well. NBA season starts tomorrow. Can't freaking wait. But let's move on to the last two things on the NFL. Let's do it. And then we'll get to the Yankees. So we kind of glossed over the Jets real quick. We talked about them a little bit before. I want to talk about them real quick one more time. So I'm getting texts from all my Jet fan friends, and they're all hyped and excited, and they enjoyed watching this game, and they're, they're pumped that they're competing. Um, so what I want to post to you is, you're not a Jet fan, but from your outsider perspective, I don't consider you a Jet hater by any means. What do you take out of the Jet fans' excitement slash semi-confidence that they actually have in this team oh, slash Josh McCown, just like in general, all three of those things combined. I, I, I was with my buddy today, my my, my buddy Paul. Uh, he we, we were in the car uh, and he was telling me that uh, you know it's the battle for first place. Yeah, and I was, which it was. <laughs> no, it was <laughs> wasn't really. But I said if you if, like even though they probably deserved to win, there was no reality where the Jets ever win that game. Like ever, ever win that game. The Patriots are bad. The Jets are still really bad. Despite the reality of them actually almost winning that game, there was no reality where the Jets no, won like that No game. parallel universe. You know they always say like infinite universes, infinite realities? That There was never one that like dictated with the, 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 whatever a chance in that game. Like at all. So, so you're taking what I'm getting from you here, and this is what I wanted to get to. Are you taking this Jets semi-confidence and this Jets fan excitement as just like, who cares? Shut up. Jets are still <laughs> worse than the Giants. Like the Giants' record's worse. Jets are still worse than the Giants. 
Nah. Even even after Bro, take, you have Josh McCown as your I was, quarterback. I was just gonna say, take into consideration Josh McCown and his good completion percentage and his actual willingness to throw balls downfield. Are you just talking straight trash to Josh McCown? You're not gonna give him any love? No, I'm not, he's a good backup quarterback. <laughs> he's a good backup quarterback. That's true, man. That's that's what he has always been. He's thirty seven years old. And yeah. I love I love taking into like a lay person into consideration. So I was watching football when the Jets game started with a person who no zero. A female who's never watched football in her life. Not a Jets well, fan. We're not, well, I don't co-sign this. We're not a sexist pod. I don't like Oh, I'm just know. stating a fact. I'm just saying she was. women are funny, women are cool, they know sports, all right? I don't like what you're doing right now. Okay. I'm going to continue. <laughs> so I said, she said, oh my God, I thought the Jets were really bad. Like, how are they winning? So she knew that. From there, I said, well, that guy playing quarterback right there is like 38 years old. He's never been a starter on purpose until this year. <laughs> he's never been a starter on purpose until this year. So her initial reaction right away was, oh, well, that means he's really bad. So like even someone who knows zero is just like, there's no way that guy's actually good. Like, what's going on? So he's Bro, not actually good. It's fun for the Jets. Enjoy it, but, like, who cares? Jermaine Curse was one of the worst wide receivers in football. He comes here. He's still a bad wide receiver. When was he one of the worst? For, like, the first four years of his career, he had, like, one, one or two good seasons there. Okay. And then he came here, and now he's supposed to be their number one wide receiver. I'm, I'm going I'm to let you have that one. Robbie Anderson's actually good, and Jeremy Curley's okay as, like, a third receiver. Jeremy Curley's also, like, 34 years old, too. Yeah. Robbie Anderson's good. Na- name me two, two wide receivers in the NFL currently that are, like, legitimate good wide receivers over the age of 31. Liar Fitzgerald. Name one other. Ever, that's the obvious answer. Um, I would you have, say Marshall? Uh, no. I want to think. Uh, I got to think. You got to give me a minute. I would have to come back on Because I remember having this conversation with you. One of the first, when the Brandon Marshall signing was done, and I was saying, no good wide receivers over the age of 31. And you said, well, Larry Fitzgerald. I said Anquan Bolden, but then he retired. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. You're right. Good point. All right, we'll come back to that, maybe. <laughs> but last thing I want to talk about, real quick, just two minutes. The Houston Texans are kind of a fun team to watch. Deshaun's my dude. The Houston Texans are kind of a good team. They yeah. lost their best defensive player. They lost one of their other good defensive players. They lost them bit. last year, too. Lost them last year, too. Deshaun Watson looks really good. He looks comfortable, and he's that's thrown. all you want out of your rookie wide receiver, uh, rookie quarterback. He's thrown 15 touchdowns this year. Yeah, that's really good. And he's run for a couple too. What do you think of the Texans overall in the, I, in, I, the in the AFC? Let me, let me put some juxtaposition on for you. In their division, they got the Jaguars, the Titans. I'd love to juxtapose right now. Love it. A little little juxtaposition is important sometimes. <laughs> in their division, they got the Jags and the Titans near them. Not too scared. In the AFC East, we know you that should they should be scared of the Jags. Well, the Jags are legit. The Jags are se- the Jags are semi legit. They're one, on time. They're one of the the Jags are one of those like pretending to be good, probably average to bad teams, but they're pretending to be good because this league's not that good. The a- AFC East we know is weird. It's Bills, no, Jets, Dolphins, I, I, I Patriots. Mean, I want to disagree with you real quick, and I know you don't want to talk Yeah, Jags have a good defense, dude. Yeah, they do, but they also really they just lost to the Rams. They're not great. They're 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 an okay team. Okay. Right. Okay. We'll go with that. Sorry. Steelers. Fortnite, Steelers are get, still there. The Steelers are still there. Then you got the Ravens, the Bengals. They're not actually good. Then you got the Chiefs and the Broncos, who are actually pretty decent. Texans <laughs> compete with any of those teams, in my opinion. Broncos not decent. That's not decent. I'm telling you officially. Broncos bad. Broncos are bad. You can't win a championship with Trevor Simeon. I don't care what you tell me. Was he like a seventh round pick? Yes. Yeah, that's why he's a seventh round pick. Well, juxt now. Now we're back to the Texans real quick. We got against these Yankees. Juxtapose these Texans. Near the Jaguars, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Steelers, and the Patriots and Bills. Juxtapose the Texans in the AFC. I like the, I like them. I, I don't know. I, 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 I think... So what were the teams again? Name them one more time. I'm just going to... like I'm throwing out the, the overarching decent teams of the AFC. Chiefs, Broncos, Jaguars, Steelers, Patriots, Bills, maybe Ravens if you want. 
I think he can make some noise in the, in the playoffs. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't trust the Steelers. I don't trust the Chiefs um, to this point. I'm not saying they can't be good. I'm just saying... You're not saying they're not good. You're just saying... I don't trust They're them. not scaring me when it comes to the Texans. Exactly. The Texans could be the same. They're all on the same like level playing field, in my opinion. Right. And I, I, at this point, with the way the NFL is kind of developing, you want the young athletic quarterback that can do the things that he does. He, he opens up the field so much with his ability to, to, to throw on the run and just move out of the pocket the way he does. He, he had such a beautiful uh, touchdown run today. Uh, just going over with a little back, a little front flip to it too. You that athleticism will take you a lot farther. It's you, when it's when his lack of experience breaks down, mm-hmm. where he can use his athletic ability to make up for it. Because he doesn't have to do it, but it's a great tool of him he, for him to have. But he's also got pretty good wide receivers over there too. Oh yeah, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller have been going off. Yeah, Will Fuller was someone last year who started out so strong and mm-hmm. kind of petered out. He's a really good wide receiver. No, he petered out a little bit. He what out? He what? He did what? He petered out a little petered bit. Petered out? Yeah. Is that a phrase I'm just unfamiliar with? Oh my god, you're you're slow today. Petered out. Yeah. Can can I get some confirmation here? Is that is that a phrase? Petered out. If you're listening to this podcast, put it out to a Twitter poll. <laughs> For real though, petered out. I've never yeah, heard that. I, listen, What's my name? I feel like I should know. I, I, I think it's spelled with a D actually, like P E D. That part I could be wrong. I'm you're not, pretty decent at words. I'm, I, so I fancy I'll, myself a verbologist of sorts. I'll give you, I'll give you <laughs> that, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that one with a grain of salt. I think Texans compete in the AFC. I'm excited to see them move forward. They're a team that I think can get better as time goes on. I agree. I'm gonna leave I, it at that I as well. They have a good, uh, good foundation. So we're about 30 minutes into this podcast, Sports Blog New York podcast. Like we mentioned before, don't forget to just let us know what you're thinking. Let us know how you're feeling about the Yankees, about the NFL, about your team. If you're not a Jets or Giants guy, or if you are. Just let us know what you feel. At SportBlogMIC. My personal Twitter is at Pete Kennedy. Two wise. Shout me a follow. Shout me out on the podcast. <laughs> shout me a follow. It's not a thing. No. No, shout me out. Give me a follow. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, leave a rating review. iTunes Apple Podcast. But let's get to these Yankees. New York Yankees down 0-2. Okay. Right? The Houston Texans are probably Good definitely team. a better team. Good quarterback on that team. <laughs> the Houston Astros. Let me try that again. The Houston Astros are most likely just better than the Yankees, right? Yep. But in playoff baseball, we have this world where... It's weird. It's weird. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. The Yankees were just down 0-2 to the Indians and came back. Does that liken their odds to do it again? Not too Does good. it worsen their odds five, to do it again? It, it doesn't affect it, because five-game series, as opposed to a seven-game series, two totally different animals. You're not unloading your bullpen the way you do in a five-game series. Right. You're not... It, weird things don't... They played a little lax, the Yankees, in the first two games. Like, they, they didn't attack it the way they are. But, uh, in fairness, Yankees clearly pay, play better with their backs against the wall. I'm yeah. not saying they're going to make a four-game four reverse sweep like the 2004 Red Sox. I don't think anyone has that. I think that's the only time you might ever see that in, your, in anyone's lifetime. Fair. But, they, you don't see the top-quality Yankees unless their backs are against the wall. They played four elimination games, and they won all four of them, you know? Well, they still are alive, so yeah. So, uh, I... I I think they're actually a lot better than people are making them out to be. Okay, the Yankees. I think I get I get behind that, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you to the point that before this series started, we were talking, or maybe it was after, it was middle of the Indian series. I forget. Last time we recorded, you and I, I said I thought Greg Bird had a really good chance to get his pinstripes. <laughs> He's been possibly the Yankees' most consistent hitter. Yeah, it's, it's, he looks very but, good. But and th- th- that's a hard thing to say, though, is because nobody on the Yankees has been hitting. Nobody on the Indians were hitting. Nobody on the Astros are hitting. Except Altuve, he hits. 
Yeah, Altuve, and, and as a big Yankee fan here, I want to say it's Aaron goes the MVP. I don't get to watch him all the time. Altuve affects every play. That that game one win doesn't happen unless Altuve beats out that infield single. He beats out that infield single. He steals second. He scores from for, on a single from second. That's all around completely like incredible offense. Right. So I want to make a comparison here to two sports. Right. Baseball to the NBA, baseball to the NFL. <clears throat> this thing that we saw with the MLB this year, with the most home runs of all time, with this, we don't care about strikeouts, we care about home runs and run production, OPS, and, and all that jazz, right? Everything that's great over a course of a 162. Everything that's great for Aaron Judge's case for MVP. Everything that's great for John Carlos Stanton being one of the highest paid players ever. <clears throat> Hitting home runs, striking out and not caring, being decent on defense. It's really, really great. But when it comes to playoff the baseball, contact hitting is that what no? What I'm, I'm saying when it comes to playoff baseball, it becomes a sort of situation: live by the home run, die by the home run. Live by the three, die by the three in basketball. In the NFL, you hear a lot of people say it, that wide receivers are luxury items. In the in the playoffs, when it's cold, when it's snowing, those guys' value go down. Their effect on games go down, and you win up front. You win with O line and D lines and running backs and quality um, quarterback play. So the, the analogy here is the home run, live by the home run, die by the home run, live by the three, die by the three in basketball, and also now in football with deep attack offenses that don't always work when it's three below zero. There's this juxtaposition, again, oh, with, the day. with what changes when playoff sports happens. The game tightens up. Every play gets more meaningful. A random steal for Jose Altuve, steal number 22 out of his 30-some-odd steals, may not feel like a big impact. But in one playoff game, in one inning, that steal absolutely changes the game. And that's why playoff baseball and playoffs in every sports gets that much tighter, that much more intense, and the same old, same old doesn't find the same success as it did during that's the 162. 100% fair, but that's not why the Yankees are down 0-2. The Yankees are down 0-2 because not that they've been playing bad defense, they've been playing fine defense, good, they haven't been making errors. The Astros have made incredible defensive plays. On both games, that that that's part of my point, though. Like the Yankees aren't playing great defense; they're playing fine defense. They're doing good, but the, the Astros are doing but, these little things. But it's but it's not it's not the building the runs or anything like that. Again, these are the Astros scored uh, four runs in two games. The Yankees scored two. Yeah, they 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 lost by one run each game. That's not they're they're getting locked down just as bad as the Yankees are. No, you're right, but but that's what exactly what I'm talking about. So Marwin Gonzalez throws from left field and gets a guy out at home. By a couple inches, half a foot, right? Mm-hmm. Correa hits the ball into right field, and the Yankees don't execute on the relay and tagging him out, and now Tuve scores, and they lose. And that's two plays you can look at and say, the Astros did that little extra thing right, and the Yankees just missed on that little extra thing. And it completely affects the game. Right. But I, I thought your point was more along the lines of offense, doing the right thing on offense. Well, I'm saying in, in general. like the, the game tightens up. And everything becomes more meaningful. Oh, 100%. But that's and why, yeah, that, that's just play of baseball. And you're 100% right, then. Right. Like, if the Yankees were hitting home runs, you'd say, oh, it's not live by the home run, die by the home run. Yes, it is. You're just happening to be living right now. Just like with the Warriors, when they win in the, in the, in the playoffs still, it's because they're actually just very good at hitting threes. Right. It's not like um, when, say, the Raptors go to the playoffs, all of a sudden they're taking 15 more threes than right. they were before. One game they hit 12, one game they hit two. The consistency of it is where it changes in the playoffs. You know what's on a side note? What's really bothering me with a lot of the the, the commentary on this uh, on this series 
everyone's making a huge deal because Yankees are a higher you know profile, obviously. Right. With Aaron Judge and, and Gary Sanchez striking out a ton. George Springer has been locked down against the Yankees. Francisco Lindor, outside of that 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 Grand Slam, was horrible in that. Very quiet. He was bad. He was really bad. Um, Jose Ramirez. This just happens when you face good pitching in the playoffs. Like that's just how it operates. You can't expect people um, to hit. Jose Altuve is doing it, but you can't expect people to hit 500 in the playoffs. Yeah. Carlos Correa has been able to hit against the Yankees because Jose Altuve did it. Jose Altuve is literally the only pure person in this whole postseason who has legitimately hit nonstop the entire time. Like, yeah, it's really impressive. So I want to ask another question to you. So I was sure. listening to, I think it was Anita Marks on like a Saturday. I was driving for a little bit and listening to some New York sports talk radio. Obviously the Yankees were about to be playing. Um... And a caller calls in some guy from Houston. So off the bat, wants to talk about baseball. Anita asks him, "Oh, so are you a Yankee fan from Houston? Like, or are you just there? Are you what's your what's your story?" The guy was an Astros fan. He says, base, good, "Good fan base there." He says, "Baseball talk is not very strong down here." I listen to New York talk for for baseball talk, which you know, shout out New York talk, I guess. But he goes on to talk about the Astros versus the Yankees, and he states the the fact or not the fact the opinion that if Altuve and Correa or New York Yankees, their stardom, their hype, and their you know status across major league sports would be tenfold heightened, the same as Aaron Judge, be considered the face of baseball yeah. if Altuve or Correa were Yankees. That's fair, hundred percent. So you think that's fair, hundred percent? Because I, I kind of I could kind of see a mixed reaction there, and people saying, "Oh no, like they they still get the the, the publicity." But it's, Aaron it's- Judge has just been this electric, like they're not electric like him. But it's weird though because Houston's not a small market. It's, it's like, the fourth biggest market in the nation. Well, it, no, it's it's the fourth biggest city. So, yeah. Well, that's different. That's, that's a big difference between market and the city. Fair. I think they're the ninth biggest uh, in terms of fandom, which is still great. But, but you know, don't get me wrong. But doesn't nothing compares to New York markets. Nothing compares. Even like the Dodgers, for example, that's a bad market. Yeah. Do, the, uh, sports and, and uh, but they're but they're they're. L.A. limelight can lift somebody into a spotlight bigger than outside Houston's. Of the Laker, outside the Lakers, it can't. Now, I disagree, though, because Clayton Kershaw's hype is legit. I think um, Bellinger's hype during the season was very legit, more so than from, no, no, from Correa base, or Altuve would have gotten. From baseball fans, but the Do- not Do- there's no such thing as Dodger fans. Like, they're not things. Like, they, they show up in the... <laughs> Dodger fans are not real. No, they're, they're really not, though. <laughs> I, have a lot of friends, I have a lot of friends who live in L.A., and I went to L.A. not too long ago, and I wanted to go. I was like, Sick all right, Greg. we'll get there in the fifth inning. I'm like, excuse me. Well, like, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. It's <laughs> L.A. You what? what? <laughs> they're, they're sporting events that are like secondary to beautiful weather. That, that's what I'm saying. But okay, yes, that's what I'm saying is that they they're they're not sports fans over there, and that affects. But when Yasiel Puig came on the scene, my guy was like a huge commotion across media. But he's it's never the it's a different standard because he can be fun to look at and fun to watch and. And, and see what he's doing, but he'll never be. I mean, look at look how hard people are trying to make Mike Trout that face baseball. It'll never happen. That's because he personally is just like, yeah, I'm chill. Well, it also, well, it's not. No, it's not, I don't even think it's that because I mean, Aaron Judge is is a milk toast personality. Yeah, and he's on the Yankees, and he yeah. does everything right. He says the right things. Well, he he has the same type of personality that Mike Trout has. Like literally, and I'm sure like outside of the game, they're totally different oh, yeah, people. Of course. But the way they they attack the media. They say the same, you know, we're going to take this all goes to my team, yada, yada, yada. They're the same thing. And Aaron Judge is elevated to this next great thing. Happy-go-lucky guys who just say the right things and play hard. 
and it works. So you're saying you agree with my man Kohler from Houston that put Correa or Altuve in New York, 100%. in the Bronx, and they're like blown up Without in, in New York sports. I mean, in nationwide sports. Uh, with that, I mean, who, who, Derek, Jeter might, Derek Jeter might still be the face of baseball. <laughs> it's for real. And, you know, the guy brought that up. He said Jeter um, was the face no matter what. And it's the first thing that popped in my head when he said that. I was like, Jeter might still be the face of baseball. Yeah. Like, and now you bought the Marlins. very fun stuff. All right, so that's pretty interesting. I, I think I kind of fall on, on your side there a little bit. I think put Correa or Altuve on the Yankees, and they are just stars. Like, they are out there all across media, all across the nation getting hype. So I'm, I'm kind of with that as well. I think Yankee fans will get defensive. Thank you for not getting defensive on that one. No, Pretty no. honest answer there. I mean, like I've said it a million times, Yankee fans are the worst fans in sports. I try to be not that. <laughs> but yeah, you, I'm sure I still get there too. You're just a really bad Dak Prescott fan, and you hate Dak Prescott. I'm, I'm definitely not a fan of Dak Prescott. <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking when he, when, he, when he can't get a job in three years. Oh, my God. So crazy. This is so crazy. Oh, he's so good. He's gonna. How many Pro Bowls has he been on? He's only played one season. Okay, well, you know. What does he have? What does he have to hang his hat on? What has he done so far? Eleven and five, man. Well, were they better than that? Thirteen and three, actually. Team sport. Team You're right. Team All right, fine. Whatever. There's not the time to talk about Dak Prescott. <laughs> I'm always, it's always the time to talk about Dak Prescott. <laughs> well, what I want to talk about now. Last thing. So, the Yankee series is 0-2 right now. You're going to the game tonight. How do you feel? expectation wise moving forward to the series can you see them getting back in the series can you see them just winning a game or two to not be embarrassed no, I, how do you see the rest of the series playing out I would not be surprised my expectation I'm not saying it's a guarantee because there's no guarantees in playoffs I mean no one's going to take your prediction and opinion as a guarantee I don't think yeah well I, I, could, I think they're going to win the next three games because I don't I think that they have I think they have better wow. Yankees have a more so you think, well, you think they're right back in this thing no what you <laughs> think because it's, it's it's you're not you're not winning a series. It's not a series until somebody wins on the road. So you think the Yankees went three in a row and then can't steal one back? Bro, in, are you are you gonna tell me? Are you gonna tell me that you're you you think that Brad Peacock the, the trio of Brad Pe- Peacock, um, uh, Lance McCullers Jr. And, and Charlie Morton are better than CC Sabathia, um, Sonny Gray. And I guess you put uh, Tanaka in there again at home. Tanaka's been great. Well, I'm assuming Keiko probably gets back in there. No. By the end. No, they're, they're going to... By seven? If it goes seven, he's back in there. I don't... Uh, yeah, by seven. Yeah, if it game six and seven would be Keiko and Verlander. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, Keiko's going to beat the Yankees. He, the Yankees will not beat Keiko. I, honestly, I've watched him enough against us that we might not ever in his career... <laughs> he is so Keiko is legit Yankees kryptonite. Such a such a game, and then like it's fine because he's not in our division. But if we attack them in the playoffs every year, every year, it's gonna really suck watching him do this. But is his beard good? No, who's got a better beard in Houston? It's the real oh, one. easy money, James Harden. Not even Oof. close. Oof. Not even close. Look, like you ever close up those beards? Is is he a traitor for him? His name not being Houston Keiko. <laughs> Yes. Ooh, asking, yes. Asking the right question. He is yeah. a traitor. Actually, <laughs> screw Dallas Keiko. Yeah. Get him out of Houston. <laughs> what, a, what a fraud. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, I think you're kind of crazy for saying the Yankees are going to win three games, but I also think you're crazier for saying the Yankees will win the next three and still lose a series. I think, oh, no, no, no. I didn't say that. I, I said my expectation, figure, figure my expectation is for them to lose the so, series. All right, now make your prediction. What's going to happen for the next couple games? I think they win the next three and then they lose the next two. So you do exactly what I just said. Your expectation but, and prediction was just exactly the no, same. No, I'm saying my expectation is you're saying that they're still right back in it. You, I don't think they're ever back in it. I think so. You, but if you win the next three games, you're in it. But, no, I, I know. You're, I, that's what I'm saying. Is that that's the disconnect? Is that wins, loss, wins and losses don't reflect how I'm viewing the series. 
Okay. So you're, you're thinking the Yankees are losing this, but you think they win three games. You, so you think this goes seven? I do. No. I mean, you just yeah, said that no, twice. No, no, I have to go seven. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I would have, yeah, I think go seven. All right. Well, I'm glad you just pulled that ridiculous prediction out of your ass. I mean, you know, I've been pretty right on the Yankees all year with every prediction I made, but whatever. You were you you name, made some good predictions. Name this, this one, one prediction I made bad. This one doesn't uh, make sense. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. <laughs> I'll tell you one prediction I made bad on the Yankees all year. Yeah. I said Greg Bird was going to be an All Star, and if he played the whole year and he didn't have that bone, if he had that bone removed, maybe he could have been. But we'll never know. That's the only bad prediction I made on the Yankees all year. I hear you. Uh, there's probably some more. I'll, I'll have to go back and look, listen to the tapes. Please I guess. do. Please. I, I didn't uh, invite I that. Won't. I didn't uh, invite that. I probably won't. Maybe our listeners will be like, "Yo, Al, you're dumb." Oh, please, please, listeners. SBNY podcast listeners. Um, I want two things out of you guys right now if you're listening at this moment. Number one is weigh in on this Aaron Judge, Correa, Altuve thing. If you switch Altuve and Correa into the New York market, where does their stardom go and is it equal or better to Aaron Judge? I want to, really, I want to hear what people think about that. So I'm very curious. Just real quick, I mean, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are pretty similar players. Aaron Judge is more in the limelight than Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton is pretty limelight. Because he because of his his home run thing like crazy at the end. Sure, Aaron Judge is still a bigger spotlight player than Jeff Carlos. This season, it's a small sample size. You got to see how this plays over another year or two. Got to see how it plays because if he's not hitting fifty home runs every year, it, it, it could change a little quick, a little quicker than we think. But I want to hear. That's why I want to hear what people right. think about that. And then lastly, uh, what's your prediction for the rest of this Yankee series? What do you think they do? Do they get back in it? Are they down and out? What do you think? Let us know at SportBlogNYC. My personal Twitter is at Pete Kennedy. Two Y's on the end. And last but not least, don't forget to leave a little rating, leave a review. Alex, how long do you think it takes? 30 seconds? 45 seconds? If even, man. If even? You don't have to work You that owe hard. it to us for all the free content we give you. <laughs> it's free. Oh, Just yeah. Saying. All this free content. Um, SBNY Podcast, Sports Blog New York Podcast on SportsBlogNewYork.com. Check it out. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Tell us what you think. Uh, but other than that, enjoy your week. The NBA starts tomorrow. NBA Outsiders coming with a new episode tomorrow. So check that out. Shout out the NBA Outsiders at NBA underscore Outsiders. And that's it, man. You got any last words? No, let's go Yanks. Let's go Yanks. I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's good for the nation if the Yankees make it to the World Series. Could you imagine a Yanks, Cubs, or Dodgers World Series? Would be electric. Mm-hmm. Would be electric. Very much so. But it will be the Cubs. Texans the Cubs are a cool team as well. Go Cubs. I predicted them making the series a long time ago because I'm really cool. Um, <laughs> but that's all we have for today's episode. Uh, Thank you for listening. As always, my name is Pete Kennedy. Alec Argento. You have a great week, and enjoy the start of basketball with football and baseball in the full swing. It's a great time for sports.